Ah, there we go. Hi, everyone. How are we going? So I know it's not Monday everywhere in the world. It is Sunday night in a lot of places. So um, today I want to share with you guys because I saw a tweet. Someone had relapsed and then gone into a big spiel about beating themselves up over it. So I'm going to share with you three mistakes that you're making if you keep relapsing that is making it worse, making it harder, and creating more of a mountain of obstacles in your own mind. So before I get into it, I just want to talk about the Sober Me Up package. So that's six weeks of working with me. So over the six weeks, we help get you into the right sobriety mindset. So we go, right, where are you at right now? I'm here. I'm drinking too much. I keep relapsing. I'm struggling. Okay, great. And where do you want to be? I want to be happy, healthy, clear of needing a drink to enjoy my life. Okay. And then what we do is bridge that gap between. So I work with your mindset. I work with your physiology. I work with your emotions. And what we do is help just raise that all up so that you can really look at it, but also trivialize alcohol in your mind to the point where you just don't see it as anything that important anymore. So I'm going to do a quick little demonstration before I get into the three mistakes that you're making. But, okay, so this is a bottle of water. It's a bottle of liquid. Now, I don't have a bottle of wine. I was going to for the example, but I didn't have time to go and get one and the smell of it. Oh. Anyway, it is just a liquid, okay? Now, with alcohol, same thing. It's just a liquid. All that's going on, all of our pain, all of our struggle around alcohol is the meaning that we have wrapped around this liquid. It's all of our conditioning and the attitudes and the mindset that we have developed over the years, over the decades, depending on how old you are, um, that has given this liquid meaning. Now, the other thing we've done is with this liquid, just a liquid again, bottle here, uh, is we have associated different experiences with it as well. So, for example, going to a barbecue. Now, if you actually start training your mind to be excited about drinking this, then you are going to create the same feelings in your mind and body as going for alcohol. Now, obviously, alcohol has a different impact on you, of course. So I'm, I'm just going to put that aside for a sec because we're just talking about the psychology for now. So psychologically when you get excited like when i make this all right so i get beautiful filtered water from up in the mountains near where i am and i buy it um and then what i do is put it in here and then i shove it in the soda stream and then bang i've got my own beautiful mineral water i get excited i get this taste for it i'll be lying on the lounge maybe watching some netflix or something and i'm like i need this and so what I've done now is created this massively positive association around drinking this bottle as opposed to a bottle of wine or a beer or something like that. So psychologically, you're training yourself to react in positive ways around different stimulus, okay? And so you can do the same with alcohol. So with alcohol, you if you're relapsing, it's because there is still some residue there and you get stronger, right? So you build the muscle and it just gets easier to say no to alcohol and the stronger you get with it mentally, emotionally and even physically, then it just becomes less of a threat to you. 
And when you see it as just a liquid, then it does stop being a threat. It's, it is just that. It has no meaning other than what you're giving it. So that was a little aside lesson, which I enjoy doing because I really like that. But number one is beating yourself up. Now, this is the worst thing that you can do for yourself. Now, there's part of us that we're in one way we're reacting based on what we think is bad. Now, before we used to think alcohol was fun and awesome and blah, 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 and it's the best thing ever, right? And now because you've started deeming it as bad and evil, when you do it, what do you feel about yourself? That you're bad, that you're evil, that you're weak, that you succumbed to this thing, just this liquid, right? But what that does is it makes you feel worse. It will make you more depressed. It will make you more anxious, make you feel more guilt, more shame. All of those horrible feelings that we get in our mind and body, we're magnifying it by beating ourselves up. Now, an interesting thing here is that when we say, for example, if you've got a partner, right, or you've got kids or what, and you go on a big bend of the night before with just alcohol, because <laughs> that usually involves drugs as well, benders, but you, you go on a big bend of the night before, you've gotten blind, rotten drunk, you haven't been on your best behavior, you've said some things to your kids, you've picked a fight with your partner, you've done these things um, while you're drunk. So now what we do, and this is a manipulation that we do, right, is that we go, okay, I've done this thing. I'm the worst person in the world. We kind of do it so that they don't, okay? It's a form of manipulation. So what we do is we beat ourselves up and then we beat ourselves up to the partner or the kids or the family or the friends or whoever we've embarrassed or whatever, right? And so what happens is that now because we're beating ourselves up so hard, we're kind of hoping that we'll be let off the hook. We're hoping that they will renege on their own anger. It, and it's a massive form of manipulation when we do that, right? Because now, I'm not saying that we're not aware, and I'll go into that in a sec, but recognise that. So if you're doing this pattern, this is actually, and I'm going to say it out loud, could be a trigger warning, but this is a form of abuse, so if you're doing this, if you're like being like this when you drink and then you wake up the next morning and you are all apologetic but you keep doing it, this is a cycle of abuse, okay? Now, I don't want to think you're worse about yourself. Knowing this gives you a ton of power. It means now that you can make those changes. And the slap-in-the-face reality check of that will kind of help you do that, right? It wakes you up and go and makes you think, wow, like, okay, I am impacting them in that way. And then I'm trying to grovel and, and backbend in the hope that they'll forgive me and let, like, you know, and let me off the hook, so to speak. That's not the only way, right? So just leave that there. So it's really important to acknowledge that if that's what you're doing, then that's the impact you're making. Now, enough, and, and as well as that, okay, so all the groveling, all the apologising, it makes you look weak in front of other people. It makes it, it makes it even worse, okay? We think that we're trying to do the best thing, and this is for us, our relationship with ourselves as well, okay? So whether it's an internal entity or an external entity. And 
So what we do is we beat ourselves up and make ourselves feel bad because of this societal pressure and also this self-shaming that we've already heaped on top of ourselves. And so when we can acknowledge that that's what we're doing and we're creating this cycle, all right, then it makes it a lot easier to change it. So I tweeted today, um, what was the tweet? Let me read it. What did I say? Hang on. So we're not victims of our own minds, all right? We've been led to believe we are, uh, not saying that mental illness isn't a thing, okay, first of all, but this will give you a lot of power in making the decisions that you want to make in the future. So we're not victims of our own minds. Uh, if we believe we are, then we will be. So in saying that, if you do suffer from mental illness, well, I'm not denying that it's there, but I am saying that you have more power than you are led to believe, one, and you believe within yourself. And this was something that was really, really helped me. I had six years of chronic anxiety. I've had depression over the years. And this is just one lesson that really got me out of that victim mentality and that space of why am I like this, which was the next sentence to this. Instead of saying, why am I like this, say, I'm doing this, then you'll have more control over the things that you do feel and think. And this, this was what really, really helped me. I use it every day still. Like I'll find myself in a bit of a victim-y mindset of like, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I overthinking when I wake up in the morning, right? And I know it's because my cortisol is quite high and really I need to get off my ass and go and exercise. And when I do, I feel better. It goes away. But sometimes I try to force myself to meditate, which just it's something that it's, I can't say it's not working because, again, it puts me into that victim space, but it's something that I haven't or I am working on to improve, okay? Let's say that. So when you say I'm doing this and with this practice that I've been doing with that mental crap that goes on is I'm doing this to myself. And what it does, I'm doing this to myself, makes you just ground yourself. It brings you into the present moment. And it just makes you feel way more powerful than you were like a millisecond ago just by saying that simple statement. Instead of saying, why am I like this? Why am I drinking too much? Why am I struggling so much? Why am I this? Why am I that? Why do I have this? Why am I that? You say, I'm doing this to myself. Because your brain is more powerful than a lot of other things out there. I was going to say anything. I don't know that, okay? <laughs> but our brains are more powerful than what we use them for. And so when you have that mentality of I'm doing this, then this, makes, this is what builds the bricks of strength within you. This is what makes you stoic. This is what makes you solid. This is what, this is what makes you feel so fucking awesome in yourself because you realise that you have way more control and power than you thought you did. And this is something that it's just such a profound lesson and so bloody simple, right? It's so simple, okay? So that's number one. Number two is saying yes, all right? So there's still a part of you that still wants to drink. There's still that little part of you sneaking in and going, yeah, I want to drink. Now, just to draw on the number one, so the first one, when the, the, the little part of you, okay, again, it's all you, right? It's all us. 
Now, we've got our subconscious mind, so that's where we've trained and conditioned that all of this junk has gone into our subconscious mind and it's mostly driving our behaviours more than our conscious mind. And so the other thing as well is that when you say, I'm doing this, you shift gears in your mind. You're shifting this gear from victim to, I'm going to say victor, not the best word, but you're, you're just shifting that gear in your head and going, I'm in control of this. And so... When you say yes, it's because just that little cheeky part of you that's like, uh, all right. Now, one thing that I found for myself, right, so I stopped drinking and I was able to go to the pub a week later, okay, and I was still, like, I was still doing things as I was doing it. I, was, I, I used exposure basically for myself and exposure was taking myself into situations, sitting myself in front of the alcohol and exposing myself to all of the triggers and all the feelings that would come up as a result of that. And so what happens when you consciously do this, and again, you're saying, I'm doing this. So let's just say this is a bottle of wine and you're looking at it and you feel that urge to drink it. You just say to yourself, I'm doing this. I'm creating this. If I have a drink of this, I'm, I'm the one that's creating this. I'm deciding to drink this. And what happens then you start flattening out these triggers because these triggers are little emotional ticks and spasms, uh, not emotional, um, physical ticks and spasms in your body. Like if you actually sit there and look at a drink, right, feel into the physical sensations that you get in your body. You might feel like tension in your solar plexus or you might that anxious feeling that comes up feels like your body's doing this, right? You, you locate exactly where that feeling is in your body. So, again, my, most of my anxiety and stuff comes from solar plexus, okay? And so, yeah, okay, I'm doing this to oh, – I forgot to put that on private. Hang on a sec. Let's do it. We lost it. I'm just going to put this on private so that I don't get disturbed on live. Okay, let's get rid of that. Okay, sorry, guys, just had to quickly fix that because the phone was ringing. Uh, yeah, so they're nervous ticks. They're these feelings that you get that that are just like, I mean, you know, like there's a whole physiology around it. I won't go into that today. But it, that's basically what's going on is your body is feeling feelings and you're feeling emotions, of course, as well. And so when you can acknowledge that that's what you're doing, and you just break it down and trivialize it to, oh, it's just a feeling. Like as I sit here and I look at this bottle, if I drink this, let's say it's wine again, if I drink this, I am going to feel like crap tomorrow. And all I'm really doing, just for all of that expense that I'm going to feel tomorrow, all I'm really doing is trying to get rid of a silly little feeling in my body by drinking a silly little liquid. And when you break it down to something so small and trivial, then your brain is able to cope better. When you go, oh, my God, it's so hard. I'm struggling. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like you're creating this. I'm doing this. You're creating and generating more feeling, more stress, more anxiety for this. And what do you do? You go, well, I need to drink it now because I feel like I don't like this feeling in my mind and body. And so then you drink it, you feel better for about 20 minutes 
All right, you might have a few, then you've done the bottle and then you order another bottle and then the next day down goes the spiral and then the next day and the next day and the next day, right? Because you're beating yourself up. But then you start to come good and here we go again, the cycle again. I'm looking at this thing, all of the meaning that I've attached around this meaning is enticing me. It's not the fucking liquid. It's not the liquid that you want. It's the feeling that you're chasing. It's nothing to do with this, all right? This is a completely separate entity to you. What you're drinking through is feelings that you're generating in your own body and mind. You're generating them yourself. And so this has nothing to do with it. This is nothing to do with it, okay? This is just a silly little liquid, although I do love my mineral water. But that's because I've attached meaning to it. I've attached feelings when I drink this of how, like I just get that refreshed, delicious, amazing feeling. And, you know, you can switch, all right? So if you want to do that, by all means, like you might like kombucha or coconut water or smoothies or or whatever, right? Lemonade, <laughs> juice, whatever, okay? If you attach all of the meaning that you've put onto alcohol and switch it over onto something that's healthier for you, then you're going to feel the same, Okay? Now, now the science says, like, of course, your dopamine spike is going to be higher with alcohol, right? Dopamine spikes are proven to be higher with drugs, alcohol, and that sort of thing. So the spike isn't so high. But dopamine, it's like a bank, right? Okay? So I call it dopamine credits. So you might have dopamine credits that you want to spend on alcohol, and so let's say you spend all those dopamine credits on alcohol, right? Now, what happens then is you go, right, um, I'm going to have a big night. Maybe it's not conscious. Like relapsing, it's not fully conscious, okay? And this is what I'm teaching is how to get, how to get more. Oh, shit. Oops, hang on. Sorry, Instagram. Just dropped you on your head. I'm going to tip over. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I was on a roll too. Hang on a second. Let me fix that because that's just tipping. Um, oh, that's why. I'll do it. There we go. Okay. Stay still, Instagram. Okay, cool. Right, I think we're good. Um, now I've lost where I was, where I was at. So... With liquid, uh, the meaning, the dopamine, you're chasing the dopamine. All right, someone help me out. I don't know who's watching, but I don't know. Anyway, I was on a roll, damn it. Now I've lost it, but I'm sure it'll come back. So that's what we're doing is that we're generating feelings in ourselves, and we're going, I'm going to feel anxious. Like you're not consciously doing this. It's all subconscious, right? But the more that you're conscious about it and the more you start saying, I'm doing this to myself. I'm building up this agitation. I'm creating this anxiety. I'm making myself urgently need this thing so that I can drink this thing and then that feeling goes away. Okay. Can you see how much more power that gives you and how much stronger that makes you as opposed to, oh, I need this. Um, oh, this anxiety in my body. I don't know what to do. Oh, screw it. I'll drink it. And that's where the power comes from. And that's why it's so easy to stop drinking is that when you can understand that you're doing this to yourself, you're going around and around and around and around in this loop, 
then it makes it 10 times easier to then make that change. It really does. So that's number two, right? Say, well, I was actually saying yes to it, but also practice saying no, no, no. Go and get a bottle and sit there and go, no, no, no. Okay, the more you repeat that, then it just loses its appeal, okay? And you're, you're associating the no with the bottle. All right. Number three is comparing yourself. So if you keep comparing yourself to someone that's a little bit further along, okay, everyone's on their own journey. Now let's say that you have only tried to stop once. You that's only tried to stop once compared to someone that's tried to stop 10 times and now they're successful and they're living their best life, okay, you're, you're, you're making yourself feel worse basically. So look at these people as inspiration, not commiseration. Look at them like, wow, I can't wait to get there. I'm excited. Now, you don't have to do 10 things. If you just, follow, if you just watch this video and get, do some journaling around it, then that's going to help you get to this point faster, okay? If you just switch your thinking into neutralising alcohol, just naturally saying no to it like it's no big deal and understanding what's going on in your mind and body and that you're doing it to yourself, then it's going to be way easier to stop doing it. So, but when you compare yourself, again, it puts you in that pit of I'm, I have no control over this. This person seems to be doing so much better than me but again, you haven't, you have like you're only seeing what they're writing on socials. That's all you're seeing, right? And so you can't compare yourself to what someone writes. Like, for example, yesterday I saw a girl walking home doing the walk of shame. And on Twitter I wrote, is it the walk of shame or the stride of pride? Because I thought it was hilarious when I first heard that. So someone's assumed that that was me asking if, like, for me. And that's what I mean. So how we interpret things isn't always how it's written or said, okay? So someone could have, you know, written about their struggles, but then they post all the good stuff as well. And maybe because you're in comparison mode, you're dismissing all of this other crap and you're focusing on the, the highlight reel, okay? So don't compare yourself because it'll make you sick and it'll make it harder for you. And I learned this the very a really hard way in business as well because I was doing this. I was like, I'm here, they're there, why aren't I there? And I like it took me a long time, like you don't even want to know how long, to go stop, <laughs> simple, to stop, stop comparing. Like these people, they've got different mindsets, different upbringings, they're learning different things, they've got different coaches, whatever, right? doesn't matter. But... When you do that, you just make yourself feel worse. And so it's really important to focus on you, okay? I'm doing this. What do I want? What future do I want? What does sober me look like? What does sober me do? When you get prepared, so you minimise the overwhelm and start getting prepared about what does sober you look like? What does sober you feel like? What does sober you do? What activities have you always wanted to do? but you just haven't signed up for? Or what courses do you want to study? What are, what are some things that you can really immerse yourself in so that you're not sitting around at home on a Wednesday night thinking about getting a bottle of wine? What else can you do with your time? And so the more you start planning and, and creating this wholesome, new, sober life, 
then you don't have time for this. This, this just, it does lose all meaning because it's like this has been getting in my way for years and I am done, 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 done. So that's it for today. Uh, again, if you want to do the Sober Me Up package, that's a six-week package. You, we just completely redo, redo. That's not the best word, but your mindset will change, okay? This is about longevity. This is about sustainability. So I train you. I brainwash you. I know that sounds like a terrible word, but brainwash you into just seeing this as nothing important, which I think is a pretty good brainwashing, okay? I brainwash you out of the brainwashing so that it, it just feels easy, not drinking, just just, just just a slide, like saying no to alcohol. And I think it's no big deal, okay? It's really important for your health. Like you've got to think, how do I want to be? What does 2023 look like for you now? If you keep going the way you're going, what does that look like? How will you feel in a year's time if you don't stop what you're doing? If you keep drinking, keep relapsing, keep stressing and putting all this pressure on yourself, in a year's time, what are you going to look like? How are you going to feel? How are your relationships going to be? What are your finances going to be like? Write it down. Get clear. Go, right, if I stay like this, what am I going to be like in a year's time? And then if I do something about it, what am I going to be like in a year's time? Compare, okay? So I've got a really special deal. It's 50% off at the moment, so this will not last long, okay? So it's, uh, so you get, so you get six one-hour private Zoom sessions. You get six weekly group calls, 24-7 uh, speed dial support so you can message me at any time. Uh, you get over $1,500 worth of bonuses. So that includes my alcohol friend 30 Days Challenge and all of the cool stuff in there. Uh, you also get my guarantee that if after the six weeks you're still craving alcohol, I will work with you for free until you do. If you do, until you don't, sorry, okay, because I want you to succeed. Now, that's provided that you do the work. If you don't do the work, then obviously that's not really yeah, I can't give that because it's up to you. But, you know, it, it's just it's just so important to get yourself into a good space so that you can do that. So there is a payment plan for it. It's $5.95 and then the payment plan is $2.90, two times $2.98 and that's in Aussie dollars. So that's it. Have a great day, guys, and I will talk to you tomorrow.